I'd say one of the two major heartbeats of Manchester is music, the other being football. It's such a pleasure to be a part of this and to be a part of such a, a you know, such a great community. I guess it's um, like a family base now, isn't it? It's just having that, I think, support and you can just see other people around you that need you as much as you need them. You know, the fitness side's a massive bonus. But yeah, I just, I just wanted to go and just make some new mates, and I have. They're all part of it because they've all promoted what we're about and that whole ethos, which is which is amazing. Hello there, and welcome back to the Happy Sundays podcast. Uh, we are into part two of the Josh Deegan special podcast. Yeah, I was just about to say to you, say, go on, you're you're the one who's been the host this time. You you, you reintroduce <laughs> it. So yeah, we're into part two now. I said previously we'd split it up into two parts, so as not to bore people. Hopefully you've enjoyed that part. Hopefully you want to find out a little bit more about yours truly. One thing I've not said, if after this you've listened to it, you've got any questions about anything that I've gone through or that I've done or about anything that's been discussed within this feel free to reach out to me or even to anyone within happy sundays to any of the guests we've had previously um including yourself yep yeah and we can you know i'll I'll happily answer them as best as i can so that's one thing that i wanted to just get across before we start again um so yeah i'll hand back over to you so where we were at now is you were what you were saying that you had to move full time to Tesco. Yes, I did. Yeah, and again, I've mentioned before about um, about being at Cheadle and Marple um, and it being a bit of a vicious circle because all I would do is spend my money on. So to cope with me not enjoying it, I would spend money on food and I would just be myself to yeah. to get through the. the and is that what you were doing while working donut. at Tesco? Yeah. Yeah, because I didn't enjoy it at all. I had, you know... What didn't you enjoy about working for Tesco? Well, I just didn't... I won't knock it, because, yeah. you know, they... Ultimately, it was the making of me, that job, ultimately. Yeah. But, you know, we had we had various different managers and shift leaders and, and people come in who I just didn't get on with. Uh, there was one manager in particular called Mark, and he was a proper ass, like a proper, proper ass. And he did, he did used to bully me about it, my size and everything. He used to bully other people in there about it. And eventually we got an area manager in who asked us honestly about him. And we all gave our honest opinion about him and eventually he got moved on to another store. And we got a, new, another, a different manager in who was a lot, lot better. The morale sort of... Um, the morale increased massively, yeah. but that's that's mainly what it was. The morale in the store and the, the the working environment just wasn't nice for any of the any of the period that was there. I was there for nine years. But what what years were you working there? Two thousand eleven till two thousand twenty. Twenty twenty. Wow. Yeah, so nine years I was there, um, and I was applying for other things. I was applying for other things. I was just being set, like not back. So obviously within Withershire FM, you said about BBC and Q one hundred three. For those who don't know, Q103 is hits radio. It is now, yeah, it's changed now. It's got national anti, yeah. Um, I, I went f- through with HRFM and was able to go and do some radio training with them yeah. in the hope of becoming like a proper producer or not so much a host or not so much about host. Or, yeah. I, wanted to, I wanted to be involved in some way. Radio. So I got all this training done with them um, and I was applying for jobs within that industry. I was applying for jobs within the entertainment industry. I had an interview for the BBC for Radio Manchester. Yep. Uh, I was beaten to that by one other person who told me, uh, oh, who just, wow. had, just had a little bit more experience than I did. He didn't feel I was quite ready for it. I was a bit gutted about that, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, yeah. One door open, one door closes, another one opens and all that lot. 
But I, I was applying for, for various different things. I was just being knocked back and knocked back and knocked back. And yeah. it was really getting me down. And yeah, I was just not enjoying my work. And, you know, I, I'd, I'd do my shift. And at the end of my shift, I would go and read the reduction bin. Really? And buy shit, basically. And get home and I'd have my tea. I'd have a massive tea. Yeah. And then I'd eat all these cakes and biscuits that were reduced afterwards. And yeah, that was, you know, it came to a head in 2017 when I realised I was massive here. I was like, I am massive. And if, for I, the, everyone who doesn't know, what was your maximum weight that you went to? The maximum weight I got to was 160 kilos. Which is in stone. In, in old money, in stones and pounds, that's 25 stone. So I was 25 years old and I was Man. 25 stone. So it was a stone for every year you were stone born? Stone for every year. Was, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was yeah, it was massive. Um, was, did I, you say that's the lowest point of your life? probably yeah. yeah 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 i remember it's weird the only birthday i've ever worked in my life was my 25th birthday yeah and i remember coming home from work eating crap and obviously being given stuff as well for my birthday like birthday cake and that yeah and i'm be sat there to my bed thinking you know what if things don't change i won't have many of these birthdays left yeah i thought I remember, and, and again earlier that year i'd gone for some, something a been up with me and I had to go to the doctors and I saw my regular doctor, yeah. uh, Dr. Fink, and my dad had come with me. And when I was in the the the, uh, the consultation room there, having, having this check over from the doctor, he even said to me, he said, if you don't do something about your weight, your knees aren't going to buckle. I said before about my knees hurting me. Yeah, yeah, when you used yeah. to bend that. He said, he said, your knees will buckle under the weight that you're carrying. It will buckle. Um, and then you'll have to walk with a crutch and, and everything. You know, you, you, you might even have to use a mobility scooter if needs be. And I was like, oh Jesus, okay. But even then, even being told that, I was like, it didn't click. I was like, whatever. Yeah, just yeah. like, because I didn't, at that point, I didn't want to do it. Yeah. What What do you think changed in you to make you want to lose all the weight that you've lost now? Well, do you know what, right? So, so, to start, to go to sort of the post-2017 part of this yeah. um, at the beginning. So, um, I said before about my mum used to, asked used to take me she used to force me to go to yeah. like things like Weight Watchers Slimming World and them sort of things um 2017 well late 2016 early 2017 my mum actually rejoined Slimming World yeah and she actually did quite well with them she lost a bit of weight she lost about two and a half stone with them wow which yeah. is re which really good going no, I, it is really good yeah going, you know yeah. I didn't think she'd you know I didn't think she'd ever do it um and she ended up going there and doing it and I was like oh wow okay um and me being me, I looked at that and I was like, well, if she can do it, how bloody hard can it be? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I thought, well, you know, my mum, my mum's big as well. All the, all, everyone on my mum's side is tall. Like all my uncles are tall. Yeah. Um, so I think that's where I get that from. Um, because obviously you've got a younger brother, Joe, which yeah. everyone knows. Yeah. Who, who isn't, who has he's, never he's, been. He takes after my dad, you see. Yeah, my he's dad, never been yeah. big. He's yeah. always just. Like a, he's not, he's not, I won't say he's skinny, but he's just a, he's just a, he's just a normal. Yeah, but he's obviously like normal weight. All the things that yeah. I didn't do as a kid, like he playing, be able to do. playing for a football team, and yeah. you know, being being properly good at sports at school and that he was doing. He was part yeah. of. He went and played for Lisbon St. Anthony's. He won trophies with them. Yeah. The reason he's a left back now is because he was trained as a left back. Yeah. Playing for Lisbon St. Anthony's from being six, seven years old, all the way through to under 11s so he's he's always had it and he um at the high school that he went to he went to trinity high school in moss side yeah um 
and they are a specialist sports school so they they would focus on the there are um it's a church of england school but they had a very very good reputation for sports stars yeah. so danny welbeck for example went to trinity high school there's a few other footballers as well that, that went there few athletics players and whatnot they had a very very good sports roster so he was able to take part in that and do well in that um was it, I, I don't want this to come the wrong way but obviously seeing joe having the ability to go play sports and do everything that you loved because i know you love football yeah. was it any sort of like envy there that you because you you like because i know you were really like against playing sport when you were big was there any yeah. envy that he could do that and you couldn't not really no 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 i think i resigned myself to the fact that i would never you know but but now you're playing in 11 aside games well that's it yeah, doing 10, yeah. Like I, said, I resigned myself run. i resigned myself to a lot of things um as i say i thought the weight would kill me yeah eventually i, I really what, did what, what changed your mentality? That's the one thing. Well, that that's the other thing. So my mum. What changed your mentality? So my mum was obviously doing that. Yeah. I was a bit like, well, if, if she can do it, then it can't be, you know, I was a bit like, how hard can it be then if, yeah. if she's doing it and she's doing well? Um, so that got me thinking a little bit, but I still at that point didn't want to do it. And every week she would say to me, come with me, come with me, just come with me and, and do it and start it and, you know, we'll, we'll help each other out. And I was like, no. And the reason I was saying no again was because I knew I'd be the only man there. I'm one right. of the only men. And I didn't want to be the only man there. Yeah. Um, I just didn't want to be the youngest one there either. I was a bit like, I was just very sort of up, up, up about that really. Yeah. And maybe I shouldn't have been, but at the same time, thank God I was because I would have never found what I eventually found, which In, was Man V Fat. Man V Fat, yeah. Yeah. Which was, if you don't, people that don't know, what is Man V Fat? So, Man V Fat is a it's a football league specifically designed for overweight men. So it's men only, which yeah. is a massive, massive thing. Because again, I didn't want to go to Slimming World or Weight Watchers or anything because I knew I'd be the only man. Yeah, I didn't want to be the only man. Whereas here, it's just men. Yeah. So I didn't feel like I'd be on my own in that regards. Um, the way that Man V Fat worked was you would weigh in, and then you would go and play a game of football. The result on the pitch would get noted, but then if you lost weight and your team collectively lost weight, they would also act as goals. Yeah. So the pitch result effectively could amount to nothing if the other if the team is hammered you. Yeah. And all their players have put weight on, and your team had lost weight, you could end up actually winning the game, because right. that's that's the motivation ultimately. Ultimately, it was a weight loss. Yeah. It's a weight loss program first, football league second. That's yeah. what they always said. So going back to your sport, loving a sport and loving yeah. a football, football in a way, like getting you back on the field, yeah. kind of saved, kind life. of saved your life. Yeah. And, Fo and, football. Yeah. They say that, and they say, oh, it's not. You know, it's football. Football's not a matter of life and death. In in that case, there it bloody was. Yeah, it really you was. Know what I mean, it really, it really was. You've been told by your doctor, like, sort it out, or yeah. you think you've got in your head like, if I don't, if I don't change yeah. something, I'm gonna. But die. even even so. Even then I was like, you know, I was getting badgered every week to go with my mum. Yeah. And I kept saying no. And it was annoying me. But in the back of my mind, I was a bit like, well, you know, she is doing well with it. Yeah. It's the first time she's ever done well with any with anything like that. I was like, okay. But I was like, I don't want to do that. And then once, literally one Sunday night, I was uh, just on, on Facebook. I'm having a random scroll as you do. Yeah. And a sponsored ad come up for Man V Fat Manchester. And... The biggest thing, and I've said this to the people there involved before, the biggest thing was that in the advert, there was two lads playing football yeah. in the advert, and them two lads were the same size I was at the time. Really? 
And I was like, oh, okay. So I clicked on the page, went into it, Googled it. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, football league specifically for men, specifically for overweight men. Uh, your BMI has to be over 25. I was like, well, mine's definitely going to be over 25. It's going to be like 60-odd. I think it was. It's, no, I don't think it's that bad. It was, it was, it was high. Uh, I've got it on here somewhere. I think I looked at it yesterday. I think my BMI at that time was 48, which is quite big. Really? Yeah. Considering the BMI now is... I mean, I'm still classed as overweight because the BMI calculator is stupid, and it is stupid. Um, so I think it, now it's about 26. Yeah. Uh, something like that. By the time, it was like 48... Um, so you have, to, you have to have your BMI over 25 and you just have to be over 18. Um, and that was it. That was that was the, the thing. You, you pay your registration fee. It was £25 a month. It worked out at £4 a week, I think, or something like that. Or £6 a week, I think it worked out at. Where um, was that based? So that was at the Armitage Centre in, uh, in Fallowfield. Right. So you would... So so that's that Sunday so I signed up for it. I thought, I'm going to yeah. take a leap of faith here. I'm going to sign up for it. I'm going to give it one week yeah. and see how I do. Or maybe two, I think I might have said to myself, give it two weeks, see how yeah. I do. So, signed up on the Sunday. As soon as I signed up, I got an email back. Uh, this this league is full. Uh, please, you are on the waiting list. When a place comes up, we'll be in touch. I thought, well, that's it. I thought, I'm on the bloody waiting list. I, I, it was late at night at this point. It was, about, it was about 10 to 11, 11 o'clock at night when I signed up. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, look, I'm in work the next morning. When I come back from work, I'll withdraw... I've probably lost a, I've probably lost a sign up fee of a tenner, ten ten pounds a tenner. Um, I'll withdraw my thing because I'm not waiting. Before I had a chance to do that, I received a phone call from the lead coach, someone called Sven. Yeah. Um, that's not a real name. She was just she's called Sarah Venning, but she shortens it to Sven. Yeah, yeah. Um, just just for a bit of context. Um, she gave me a ring. She was like, oh, is that Josh? Uh, she's Australian, but I won't do the accent. Save people the bother. No, no, we, we won't go there. <laughs> um, I was like, yeah, who's this random Australian ringing me? Um, she was like, oh, I'm, I'm Sven. I'm the, I'm the lead coach of Man V Fat in Manchester. I was like, all oh, right, okay. Yeah, I was just about to cancel membership for that because there's a waiting list. She went, well, I'm fire. A space has come up for tonight. Can you make it? I went, tonight? Like, yeah. Um, if you can make it, you'll be on the white team, so you'll need a white top and obviously shin pads. Um, and suitable footwear and everything. I was like, uh, I went, right, yeah, I can make it. I'll, I'll go along, I'll do it. Yeah. Um, put the phone down, realised, shit, I ain't got a white top that fits me. <laughs> so I had to leg it to Sports Direct before they shut. Yeah. Uh, bought myself a white top, the biggest size he had that was still too small for me. Um, and then I got the bus down to to, to Fallowfield, to the, uh, to the Armitage, uh, introduced myself, uh, I said I'm here to play on the white team. Um, and then that's when they weighed me for the first time and it come up 160 kilogram. Now I'd never been weighing I've been weighing kilos before, but the, the the people there, the, the nurses always looked across and told me what it was in stones and pounds. Yeah. Whereas on here, I just went, oh, 160, okay. There was no reaction from her, which I loved. There was no like, oh my God. Yeah. It was just like, she knew that she was there to weigh overweight, obese men who wanted to do something about it. Yeah. And there was lads there who were a lot bigger than I was. A lot, lot bigger. There was oh, lads, really? Oh, there was lads there who were like 35, 36 stone. Wow. He was still playing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so again, that was that was reassuring as well, knowing that I wasn't the biggest there, but I was the youngest. But that didn't bother me because I was with lads and I was playing football. It didn't bother me. Um, and I remember saying to her, uh, I disclosed it straight away. Look, Sven, you know, I'm, I'm blinded one eye here. I don't think I'm going to do very well um, in terms of on the pitch. 
And she said, well, look, you know, the results don't go just... Like, this is what changed it. She said, the results don't go just as what's on the pitch. You can come next week and if you've lost weight, you'll have scored goals for your team from that. You'll have contributed that way. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that, that works. That, that might work for me. Because... I know for a fact I won't be able to yeah. do very well on the pitch because I won't be because like I said before I won't I can't even see the ball I won't kick it properly, but I can at least give it a go and, and do well. So got weighed in obviously 160 kilos and like oh okay what's that? Googled it I was like shit. That's what I was like oh 25 stone 25 stone at the age of 25. I was like wow okay that's that's a bit of a wake up call that. Um, but this is something that can hopefully help me. Yeah, do you think that's what you needed? Uh, yeah, a bit of a wake-up wake call. Yeah, yeah, that was, that, that, I think that was it. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, this this is, you know, this this might be what, what, I, uh, what I need to do to help me. So I went, obviously I went out, played the first game. Um, I think I got about 20 minutes, but I remember being knackered afterwards, like properly, like it was the most amount of running I'd done in comfortably in about 10 years. And I was like, oh my God, like, you know, that was pretty intense. That was only 20 minutes, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. Ultimately, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. And I wanted to come back the next week. So I went back the next week and I weighed myself and I think I lost two, I think I lost 2.2 kilos. Which is? Which is big. about four pound, four and a half pound. Yeah. Which, which for one week is very, very yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. But and, and they always say when you start, and you, you 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 start on a lifestyle change with diets, if you like. I yeah. hate that word diet, but you know, um, you, you you can end up having quite a dramatic loss in your first week, and yeah. then it balances itself out. Um, but I thought, oh, two point two. I thought, okay, yeah. So I googled how much that was because I didn't know, and it said it's about four point four pounds or something like that. I thought oh, that's decent, that four pound off in a week. That's not bad. Um, I thought I'd give it another week because initially I was just going to give it one week. But I thought, well, I've lost this week. Maybe I could yeah. lose next week. Went back the week after, I lost two and a half kilo, which is about five pound. So I'd done nine pound in two weeks. And I was like, oh, okay. That's that's pretty decent. That maybe that's, something that's really good, yeah. yeah. The week after I went back and I lost, I think about 2.8, 2.9 kilo, which is about six pound. So I was just shy <laughs> of a stone in three weeks. Wow. So I suddenly I've gone from being 25 stone to being 24 wow. stone just in the space of three weeks. And I was like, if I do six weeks, maybe I could be two stone down. Uh, as it happened, it was a bit, because it slows down, doesn't it? Yeah. The more you lose, the more it slows down. Um, the, the more you have to sort of work harder to get it off. Yeah. Um, so I ended up doing two stone in nine weeks. Um, I just kept coming off and coming off and coming off. And the more I was losing, the longer I was lasting on the pitch. Like yeah. in terms, I was doing, I was doing the full half hour game. I feel okay afterwards. Yeah. How many weeks into Man V Fat did you put your um, target weight down? Uh, I didn't come up with a target until I lost five stone. Really? So, so I, what, until I joined. You got to 20 stone? Yeah. So I joined Man V Fat in the February. Yeah. February 17th, I think it was, 2017. Oh, no, 18th of Feb, it was. 18th of Feb, 2017. That's yeah. when I joined. Uh, weighed in, first weigh in, 160 kilos. In the August, I remember actually my auntie was turning 50 as we were having a big party uh, at the Kringle Award in, in Withenshaw. She had a big party for her 50th and I knew that family members and that would be there who hadn't seen me in a long time. Yeah. And I thought, if I can go to that party looking good and feeling good and sort of saying to family members who only ever knew me as being this big lad, 
look what I've done sort of thing. Yeah. That was my first sort of aim. Right, yeah. So the week of the party was when I hit under 20 stone for the first time in a long, long time. Wow, so I in six like, months you've lost five stone. Well, yeah, yeah, about that, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so I I remember being something like 19 stone, 12 or something. When I Googled it on my way, I was like, that's the first time I've been under 20 stone in as long as I can remember. Um, All my shirts and T-shirts, trousers, everything was too big for me. So I had to keep, gradually you know, go out and buy new clothes and everything. Um, I just felt great. It felt brilliant. Um, to know that I was at this party and I looked good and I felt good and I didn't feel like I was the biggest person in the room. I didn't feel like I wanted to just hide away in a corner. Yeah. I could actually get up and go chat to people and mingle and they could be like, oh my God, you look great sort of thing. Because people start to notice by then. Yeah, your confidence started yeah, coming back. I, exactly, yeah. Confidence is growing again. And yeah, it's just like, I was starting to sort of build a version of myself that I knew I would like uh, and that I knew I would take care of and that I would enjoy being. Um and then after that party, um, that was the only the week after the weigh-in. That was the only week within a whole year that I put weight on. Because oh, I, no, how much did you gain? I gained two kilos because at yeah. the party, I was like, I'm having what I want here because I'd been stripped up to that point. So you'd gone back to 20 stone? Yeah, but, yeah, I, but which I knew. Is still a, lo- a But lot. I knew, I thought, well, if I go back to eating normally and doing what I was doing normally, that's yeah. going to come off. Yeah, like will. now at Christmas, people stressed like, oh my God, I eat so much at Christmas. Yeah, they indulge, yeah. Indulge, yeah. But then you go back to eating and doing normal things, going back to the gym, going back to playing football, whatever you're doing, and it soon comes off. Yep. So I knew I knew the week after, I thought, if I go back the week after, I put another two kilos on, then there's something wrong. I've done something yeah. wrong that week. But if I go back to what I was doing, I'll be okay. Sure enough, yeah. I went back the week after, and it must have just been like water weight or something that, because I ended up yeah. losing something like, five kilos in one week which never wow. happens you know I, I think it was me going obviously putting the effort in and the water weight yeah. disappearing because there was o- there's only been like you think that party had been saturday night and then we're waiting monday yeah. so the water weight's still around there but by the, by the following monday that's all gone and i've also got what i've worked on if that it, previous week if you had to give someone who's struggling to lose weight like one word of advice on how to how to actually attain losing weight and to keep that goal yeah. what would you what how, would you say it is so how to be consistent yeah right what would you okay. what would what would your advice be to stay consistent the way you did um so i've i've been asked this question before and the answer that i've always given is learn to cook learn to cook learn to cook and track so track everything yeah track what you are eating so what you are drinking diary. yeah so when you join man v fat they give you a book yeah and you can every week you write your fixtures in it and your result, but you can also write a food diary and you obviously get your weight gets put at the top of it as well. But within it, there's a food diary, yeah, and that helped massively. So, right, and I was dead strict with it, I was beyond strict with it. Um, if I like, like you've given me a glass of Pepsi there, I would, I would write that in as well, yeah, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have to but I was writing what I was drinking as well as what I was eating. Yeah. And I was making sure that I was drinking lots of water. Yeah, because of liquid calories. Exactly, yeah. But obviously with that one, you've given me Pepsi Max there, so that's not too bad. I, wouldn't, I probably wouldn't have to log that because I know that it's fine. Whereas anything else I was having, like a cup of tea with a sugar in, I'd, 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 I'd log that. Yeah. Um, I'd log everything. So that's, that's, that's what I say. I say, get yourself a pad or a proper diary and log everything. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, worry about weighing food or macros or that sort of thing because yeah. that's that, 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 that comes later 
where you're right at the start, literally just write down what you're eating. Yeah. And do a normal week. So do don't even try and make a change yet. Yeah. Give well, yourself would, small goals. Yeah, give yourself... So so, so they talk about like smart goals, don't they? So smart is specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time. So smart. Yeah. I have visions of that Homer Simpson thing then. I am so smart. S-M-R-T. Missing a letter out. But no, smart goals. So like, you know, choose something specific and obviously you've got to keep it realistic and how are you going to measure it? You're going to measure it with your food diary. But I wouldn't even change anything for the first week i would just have a normal week and at the end of that week what you can then do is go through the diary and think well all right so i had um i had fish rice and veg that day that's a good meal on wednesday i want to keep that as my tea on wednesday night yeah whereas on thursday i had a pizza from pizza Hut. so i'm going to get rid of that yeah and i'm going to either make my own so i know exactly what's on it and how many calories are in it yeah or I'm going to substitute it for, say, a pizza bread with chicken inside it or whatever. Yeah. Something, just something instead, just, you know, a little substitution like that. And that's all you need to do. That's all you need to do is go through and see where you can make small, tiny changes, small, but achievable and realistic yeah. changes. And those little changes will add up to one big change. And that's all I did every week. All I said to myself is if, if I turn up next week weighing less than I did last week, that's a that that's smashed it. Yeah, even if it's a pound. Yeah, I didn't think. Yeah. I didn't think if I turn up in ten weeks time and I'm four stone down, that's gonna be that's gonna be smashed it. Yeah. It was if I turn up next week, and I'm down. It just says less, even yeah. if it's a hundred grams. So you would just always have a little goal. Little goal, yeah. and then little goals will add up to one massive big goal. Yeah. But yeah, after the um, after being at my auntie's party, yeah, um, and I was five stone down. That's what I said to myself. Okay, I've got six. I'm six months in. The remaining six months, that's when I get myself to 50. So I think it was 30 kilos down then, or 33 kilos, or something like that. And I said, if I get to 50 kilos, that's going to be my aim. That's going to be eight stone off. Um, I'll be down to about 17 stone, which for my height is about right. Yeah. Um, and that will do me. That that will do me. I'll be happy with that. I'll be very very happy. So that's that's when that's when I sort of got it. And because I because I knew that I'd done that in six months, I thought, well, another six months time is going to be a year. And if I could do fifty kilos in a year, then you know that's going to be that that will be my ultimate goal, my ultimate achievement. Life changing. Like yeah, massively so, massively life changing. So. That was it then. That once I had that goal in mind, yeah. I was just so focused. And also at that time as well, I started with a personal trainer. Yeah. So after five stone, I think that's why. I think if I'd have started with a personal trainer after about maybe two or three stone, I probably wouldn't have had excess skin. Yeah. But because I was five stone down, I already had, I I'd 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 not really done. I'd only been doing like cardio, no strength training. I think that's why I ended up with the excess skin that I had. Right, okay. Um, which, you know, at that point, it didn't bother me. No. It really didn't bother me at all at that point. But the, um, but when I got to the end, so so ultimately, after the 12 months, a year to the day, I did I did it. I, I, I managed to get to 50 kilos. Yeah, um, which is an eight stone loss in a 12 month program, yeah, which is... Eight, eight stone in 12 months. Sometimes which, it's, it's, most of the time, it's unheard of to do that much weight. 
It is very to, to do it without surgery, without yeah. without bariatric surgery, without a gastric band is is ridiculous, and that's something that I really, really, really did pride myself on. Would you say the, that? Would you actually say that's your greatest achievement in life? Yes. Yeah, that's the one. So you asked me before, like about yeah. you know days when I felt like, oh my god, smashed it. That day, stepping on that scale in the cricket pavilion, in the bloody Armitage Centre in Fallowfield, stepping on that scale and seeing. 109 down from 160 I'll never have a feeling like that again in my life I don't think that was my greatest ever achievement but actually well no I've said so that that was my greatest ever achievement keeping it off yeah keeping it off and not putting a single pound of what I what I lost back on in seven years will continue to be my greatest achievement yeah if I can get to the day I die and not have put on anything what I lost what I lost originally that will be my greatest ever. What is it that you weigh now, if you don't mind me asking? Now I am, uh, I'm about one oh five now. Because what I did do after that, I lost two. Well, I lost a bit more. I went down to sixty. Well, actually no. So I was, I was four pound away from losing ten stone, um, and I realised it was a bit too much for someone my height and my build. It's a little bit too much. So I worked with a trainer to put a bit back on, like muscle wise, and and get myself back up a bit. But so now, so I got myself down to I think ninety eight kilos, and that was a bit like, oh, okay. Um, so I put myself, put it back up to about one hundred five, which is about sixty and a half stone, I think. Yeah, um, which is for someone who's six or five, that yeah, exactly. is that natural weight. Exactly, yeah. And I lost a little bit more when when they had the operation, which I know you're asking me about. Um, they, they, they removed they removed an amount then, which I'll tell you. Yeah. Uh, shortly. So you see, it's got to hear that you went on holiday for the first time and who did you go with? Yeah, I went, um, so to reward myself, if you like, I went with my brother, I went with our Joe. Yeah. Um, and I remember, I remember it was the World Cup 2018 uh, and we, we were having like pretty good weather, like in the in the April and the May and that. Um, and I was like, I've not had a holiday for, for a number of years, for about five or six years, I just hadn't been away because I didn't want to go away because yeah. I knew I'd have to wear shorts and t-shirt and feel self-conscious and, and all that malarkey. So so at this point, I'm thinking, well, I want to go away now. I want to show off what I've done. So I think, you know, I wanna, yeah. if, you know I've got it. I want to fly. Yeah, you, you have every right to have bragging rights. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, I want, that, that's exactly what I want to do. So, um, so I had to look, look online and literally... literally with three weeks notice, I booked a holiday to Tulu in Spain. Yeah. Three weeks. Um, I did that and I realised that. I thought, well, I've got enough to pay for the holiday, but I haven't got enough for spending money. <laughs> so uh, my dad had to do a lend to me and Joe um, to, for our spending money, which which worked out okay in the end, to be fair. Um, but yeah, we were over there for the 2018 World Cup. We watched the last 16 in the quarterfinal against yeah, Sweden. Russia. Yeah. Um, yeah, quarterfinal against Sweden. I remember I was over there for that. And it was just great. It was just great to be in a country with really hot sun and being able to wear what I wanted, wear shorts and t-shirt and not feel like I was absolutely massive. Go to a theme park, actually get on the rides and not be turned away like I was at Alton Towers when I, when, I, when I was at college. I got turned I got turned I got turned down from air for being too big. How did that how did that how did that feel when that happened? Oh mate. I went back to Alton Towers the year after I went on holiday, 2019. I went back and the first ride I went on was there and I got on it and it felt amazing. But that first time, being 17 and being told you can't worry because you're too big, I was like, okay. But even that didn't make me want to do anything. You know what I mean? No. I had all, I had all these things that had happened and it never made me want to do it. 
And then, you know, one day... Seeing, say, it's found, just seeing your mum, basically. Well, not just that, but seeing, like, the advert for Manvi. If I hadn't yeah. seen the advert, I don't know where I'd be now. Really, I don't know where I'd be now. If I hadn't seen the advert and joined, I don't know where I'd be. Um, well, for less fun thingy that you did see it. Exactly, yeah. Thank the lucky stars that I did see it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But, uh, yeah. but, yeah, that's... Uh, Man v, the Man V Fats really, really helps you then. Really helped me. Really, really helped me. But yeah, going on holiday and just being, you know... Happy for it. Would you think that was the first time you were happy in like that many years? Yes. Yeah, yeah there's a picture of me um, uh, after going on the log flume ride called the Tutki Splash, it's called, in uh, in, in Port Aventura. Yeah. Um, and I'm drenched to the bone, like covered in water. I've got my sunglasses on, but i am got a beamy smile on my face. And you can see like my neck muscles, you can see my, my legs look good in it. It's a full body picture. And I always think, I was thinking that's probably the, the, the time when I was the absolute happiest in my life. Yeah. Uh, that that week being away and just after I'd done it, it was, yeah, that's probably the happiest that I've ever felt really. Yeah. You, it says here that you also got a qualification as a personal trainer. Yeah. So. How did that come about? So. I stayed with Man V Fat until December, um, December 2018. And that's when I got myself to within like four pounds of losing 10 stone. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I looked, I, you know, I still look good, but I, I, I look at the picture that I took um, when I hit that sort of loss uh, the, the, from my very last session. I had a picture of my first session. Yeah. So I thought I'd better take a picture of the very last session. And I look at that picture and... I do look a bit gaunt on it. I do look a bit too thin on it. Um, so I thought, right, I'm going to... Plus, at that time, Man V Fat, um, as good as it was, the system was very, very flawed. I've said this to them before about the fact that they uh, they used to award... Um, well, they used to give rewards out based on percentage of weight loss rather yeah. than value of weight loss. So I said to you before we started recording yeah. this about, you know... 10% of 100 kilos, 10% of 100 kilos is, is 10 kilos. 10% of 160 kilos is 16 kilos. So they would lose 15, you know, 10, 15% of their body weight. I'd lose 10, but they would be higher up the weight loss league than I was because they had less to lose. Even though they'd lost the same percentage wise, yeah. they had lost less number. They'd only lost 10 kilos, but I'd lost 16. So you felt like the, the um, award system wasn't, uh, wasn't justified for the way of weight yeah, I felt like they should have gone to um, how much you actually lost as a number, as opposed as yeah. opposed to percentage. Fair, you know, fair enough. You, you you would get given your five or ten percent um, certificates, and you would also if you if you lost five percent of your body weight, well, if you lost it in fives, <clears throat> excuse me, you would um, you would you would score a hat trick for your team that week. Yeah. Yeah. So if you also scored, um, if you lost weight three weeks in a row, you would also get. Um, a hat trick. Yeah. So that's how it worked like that. Yeah. It's just, so, so that you basically you think that the way they should do the system is comp- like base it off. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's more of motivation than for. Yeah. It was just just to yeah just 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 as a personal thing really. But then at the same time, I didn't do it to win the league. I didn't do it to win awards. No, you did medals. it for yourself. I did it for myself. Yeah. Um. And when I left, I actually had other members there say to me that they will swap all their medals for the weight that I'd lost. They would happily swap places with me, which, you know, it's quite humbling. At the oh, end of the day. it's quite, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, so I left it. I went on. I went on sort of like my own record with it, just to prove that I could do it myself, basically. Yeah. Um, and just to sort of prove to myself that this is going to be a a sustainable change that I can keep up. You know, I didn't want to put it all back on after a year. Um, I had to prove to myself that I could keep it off and that I could do it. So I left there, um, carried on with the gym, carried on with training as, as best I could. Um, then you got some bad news, didn't you? Well, before that, come on, George, you're skipping ahead here, mate. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but bef- before that, going back to going to the qualification, oh, I got, yes, yeah, so. yeah, see. <laughs> um, yeah, I wanted to, I got to a point where I was like, well, look, you know, I've I've seen both ends of the dial here. I've been the biggest that you can be and I've got myself out of it without yeah. without surgery and I've, I've, you know, lost all this weight and I've done what I had to do. Um, but I realised there was plenty of other people out there who were also where I was mm. and I thought if I can help them in some way, then that's what I would like to do. So I actually went volunteering for a... Um, for a weight loss like program thing called ABL, which is called A Better Life. Um, and that is, it's different to like something like Slimming World or anything because they yeah. will teach you, they will teach you the science behind weight loss. In yeah, terms the fundamentals. Of the fundamentals like exercise, calorie deficit, yeah. keeping track of your food, that sort of thing. Uh, and I really enjoyed that. So so I, I got in touch with them and said, I'd like to, to come and volunteer with you because I'd like to become a lifestyle coach, which is what they had there. That's the sort of thing that I would like to do. And they're like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. So I used to go to a place called Walthew House in Stockport. Yeah. Do you know where that is? Yep. Yep. It's in Shaw Heath. I'd go there and yep. I would help out uh, in the evening, every every Wednesday night, I think it was. I'd just help out with them. Um, and I would chat to the participants there um, and I'd tell them how I did it. And they would, you know, they would come and speak to me one to one. And I'd just have a chat with them and I'd try and help them as, as best I could. Yeah. But in order for me to look into becoming a lifestyle coach, I had to have a level three qualification in personal training. So I was like, well, that's what I'll look into then. I'll look into doing that and I can go and work in a gym. I can help people out. I can, you know, basically be an advocate for those people and, and help them out massively. So I looked into it. Uh, there was various different ways of doing it. The one that I looked at that I thought would be the best one was um, through the YMCA. So YMCA Fit or Y-Fit it was called. Yeah. Um, they had a base at the Castlefield Hotel and the gym. So the YMCA gym in Castlefield. Okay. Uh, near the Science Literature Museum. Yeah. Um, if you go to Castlefield Bowl, you'll, you'll see it there. It's the, it's the, the big hotel there. Um, so they said what you would do is you would come and do a six-week crash course in, and you would get your level two fitness trainer uh, for the first two weeks and the remaining four weeks you will then go on to qualify as a, as a personal trainer so i was like right okay yeah i'm up for that i'll do that so i applied for it i got me a uh, learner loan from student finance england um which basically paid for the course for me and i went and did it now the only thing <laughs> i don't have many regrets in life but i do regret doing that course why is that because i was out my depth and I know I was out my depth with it. Yeah. Because fair enough, I'd had a trainer and I was going to the gym, but I would only been going to the gym for about 18 months. Whereas the lads in there had been going for like five, six, seven years. They knew they knew everything they could know about training and actually being in the gym. Yeah. The nutrition side of it and the education side of it, I smashed that. Yeah. I knew all about that. I knew what the muscles were called. I knew the muscle group. I knew everything. But in terms of being in the gym and putting a plan together, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't. 
get my head around it. I, re- I was really struggling. But I thought, you know what? I've paid good money for this. I'm going to get the qualification and I'm going to do it. So the level two one was relatively easy to pass. Yeah. Uh, we, we all passed that one first time. The level three one was so much harder because you're obviously working on having a client. Yeah. And doing a client here. And again, if you speak to Hayden, because we've had Hayden on here before, he will yeah. tell you that doing that course is bloody hard work. Um, and having to cram it on to four weeks as well was a bit of a bit of a rubbish decision, really. But even if I know, even if I'd have done it across the course of a year, like Hayden did, yeah. I still would have been at my depth just because I just didn't have the knowledge. Um, in hindsight, I should have waited. I should have carried on training, carried on doing it. I've maybe done it now at this point instead and maybe I'd have been a bit more ready. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, but I did it. And as I said, I did level two. Level two was good. Uh, level three was a lot, lot harder because uh, you had to come up with plans of action and everything and go into a gym and come up with a personalised programme. Uh, and that was our assessment for it. Yeah. So in the assessment, you get paired up with another lad. On the, I got paired up with another lad on the course and he essentially was my client. Oh, really? So I had to basically train him for the last week of the course. I had to be his PT. Um, so I had to write up a plan for him, a 12-week plan. I had to analyse his food diary. Now, this lad, he was built like a brick shit house. He was absolutely massive, like muscly as hell, this lad. Yeah. He was... Um, he, he would train like six, seven times a week. He was ridiculous. And I was like, I really don't know what I'm doing here. He gave me food diary. It's just protein, 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 protein. All sorts of like, he would eat like seven times a day. I was just like, oh my God, what am I doing here? Somehow I managed to do it. So I did, I did all of that. Somehow I managed to do it. Somehow come up with a, a training plan for him. And honestly, it was like, my training plan was honestly as thick as a book. As thick as a hardback book. It was It was huge. <coughs> And I remember the assessors come in and you had to hand it to them and obviously show them. You had yeah. to go and do the practical where you go down into the gym floor and do the, you know, you would be the trainer. So you show them how to do things and watch how they did it. So I did all that. And then afterwards, you have to go and present them your plans. And as I said, mine was as thick as a boat. The rest of the lads are all death thin. And I'm thinking, oh, I've balls this up. I've, I've, really, I've really made a mistake here. I'm going to turn around and tell me to do it again. It took me ages and... I really, you know, I've really done this wrong. Yeah. So I was the first one to be called up. We were waiting in the lobby bit uh, there and they, they had a table set up in the cafe where they would individually tell you results, whether you passed or failed and had to reset or re- redo it. I was the first one called up. I sat down in front of this, like, they had, they had the, 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 the guy who was tr- teaching us, he was one of the assessors. Yeah. And they had a really, like, high-up assessor come in and I was, she was the one who was, who, she was the one who assessed me she was the one giving me my result. I sat down and my head was sort of down like that. And she went, um, you have passed that with flying colours, mate. And I just sort of like, you know, we do like a shot. <laughs> yeah. Right? I went, you what? She went, yeah, you passed it with flying colours. Said it's one of the best plans I've ever seen. And I went, really? Like, I just didn't believe her. I thought, you're having me on here. You're having a joke. Like, she went, no. I said, honest to God, it's like brilliant. Like you've done so well. Yeah. Um, the thing that got it was because it was so detailed and she said, ultimately, if you've got a client uh, in a gym or anywhere really, and, and no matter what job sort of job you go into, if you've got a client, if someone else, if you're off sick or you're off work or whatever, yeah, and someone comes in and they look at that plan, they will know exactly what that person's doing and where they're up to. Whereas with the rest of the lads, there's nothing. And so she said, I can tell you, because you've got to get going in a minute, I can tell you, 
Because the, the way that we had it was you had to get your result and then leave. You weren't allowed to come and discuss it. So she went, I can tell you the only ones I've passed first time. The rest of them are going to have to reset. I redo the gym plans. We're going to be here all day doing it. I was like, oh, wow. So I was the only one to do it. And that obviously filled me with confidence. And ultimately, I thought, well, maybe it wasn't out of my depth. Maybe I did do all right. But then when I, I had interviews for gyms and I had to go and do demonstrations and everything, I just didn't feel I just didn't feel comfortable. And as I said before, yeah. with stand up, like not doing that anymore, it has to feel right. I just didn't feel right. Yeah. So I thought, that's not something that I'm going to pursue. And it's not something that I ever really want to pursue. But I have it there in my locker, should someone ever want to come and ask me for help in terms of what, they, you know, what they're doing. I, I know a little bit. Yeah. I'm not as knowledgeable as, as Hayden might be. And I, I admit that. Yeah, episode three. Episode three. Yeah, there you go. You're learning. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I'm not as knowledgeable as him and I'm not as knowledgeable as someone who has worked within a gym floor and on a gym floor for a number of years. But I do, you know, I, I know kind of what I'm doing. Um, so if people do want to ask me, then the free to... You've got that You've got that basic knowledge. You've got the knowledge. Yeah, there. yeah. And, you know, there's, there's parts of that. I mean, what I do now in terms of working for Henshaw's, you know, I work directly with people with sight loss one-to-one. Yeah. -one, yeah. Which if, if I was a PT, I'd be working with clients one-to-one. -one. So there's so there's correlations there. Yeah. I have to come up, when I, when I work with those people, I have to come up with personalized plans of action for them. So I have to sit down with them or come up with a plan yeah. that, that might stretch for four weeks to 12 weeks or even to a whole year. Yeah. And after a year, we can go back and review that plan and see where they're at and what other goals, what other things they can hit. So all of the elements that I that I learned on that course, yep. I am doing in this job anyway. Yeah. So, you know, it wasn't a complete waste of time. No, no way. But because I'm still doing stuff there that that I enjoy with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're taking so, aspects of what you've learned and taking it into your new role. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly that. Yeah. Could yeah. put it better myself. Yeah. So yeah, we've got I've got here about you went to the doctors and you found out you had celiac disease yeah so when going back to going on holiday i'd gone on holiday 2018 i come back and i was just felt just feeling awful and i thought well it's probably because i've had a load of crap and drank loads yeah. and i've not done so for like a good year you know good year to 18 months <laughs> um maybe it's because i'm you know maybe i'm having a bit of a come down from all of that just for just from eating and drinking whatever i wanted for a week so i left it a week or so and i was still feeling very tired and very lethargic um i left it i left it for a good couple of weeks and then when i was on my way home from work one day i i just i couldn't lift my legs basically i couldn't lift my legs up it was it, it was like i was walking through concrete wow. it just felt i just felt really weird i felt very strange and i thought i shouldn't feel like this now that i've lost the weight i shouldn't feel like this no. i should feel like this when i was massive not now yep so I thought something's up here and the day after I couldn't even get out of bed. I was that, that wiped out. I couldn't even get out of bed to ring in sick at work, which I never did, never, ever did. And I thought something's wrong here. So I ended up going and presenting myself at A&E because it got that bad. Um, and they did all these tests on me. Uh, I had to keep going backwards and forwards. I had something like seven or eight blood tests done in four days. Wow. Like, just checking me for different things. And I was misdiagnosed with glandular fever. They thought I had glandular fever. Yeah. So I was given a sit note for four weeks off work um, and just told to rest, um, which I'd never done before. I'd never had that amount of time off work. I just, I felt very uneasy with it. But at the same time, I was also very tired. Um, 
and I just didn't know why. So I went back and they were like, how do you feel? I was like, I'm still really tired. I'm still, I, I just feel a bit bit crap and, and shitty all the time. And they were like, right, um, we're going to test you for something. Have you heard of celiac disease? I'm like, yeah, right now, because my dad's got it. And they were, they were a bit taken aback by that. And they were like, oh, okay. Yeah. They said, um, how long has your dad had it for? How, when was he dying though? I went 2008. And they were like, oh, wow. So it was a good, like, 10 years ago. I said, yeah. So you never tested for been tested for it. I said they wanted to. They wanted to test me and my brother because if a if a if a parent has it, then um, the, the children are more likely to have it. Oh, so it's hereditary. It is. It can, it can be hereditary. Yeah, yeah, it can be. So I said, well, I was meant to be tested for it. I don't think Joe's never got tested for it because I think he was too young at the time, and he's fine with stuff. And he's got a, he's got an iron stomach. Some of the crap I see him eats, Jesus. Um, but I was, so I was meant to be tested for it in two thousand nine. So I went to go have a blood test for it to be tested for celiac and they couldn't find a vein because I was too big. Wow. A bit like I said before, they couldn't find a vein. They were searching, yeah. searching and eventually the nurse gave up. She's like, I'm not going to find it today. I'm just not going to do it. So I was mortified. So I never went back. So I was probably living with celiac disease for a number of years, not knowing it. And it only came to a head after I lost all the weight. Again. There, yeah. you, go, there you go again. Losing all that weight yeah. is also helps you again straight away exactly it's, there and uh, then they found they found they the found diagnosis yeah 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 of why you've probably been feeling so weak yeah so i um so they did the blood test it came back on the blood test but they can't go off a blood test alone they have to do a biopsy yeah. where they basically put a camera down your throat um and they take a little bit of the tissue from your stomach stomach lining yeah and they test it um and when they tested it it come back as having a reaction to um, to gluten, wheat gluten, barley, oats. Uh, I can't eat any of that. So now I have to, as I say, with celiac disease, you have to follow a gluten-free diet lifelong. So you have to obviously have that adjustment, which if I hadn't have already had the change of lifestyle with what I was doing, eating and drinking with what I was doing, going for it to lose weight, it might have been a bit of a shock and I might have been a bit like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing here with things. Yeah. But because I'd already done it with that, and because my dad had it, and I see what he could eat and couldn't eat, it's quite easy, uh, quite an easy um, transition, if you like. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a lifelong thing that I've got to do now, but it is what it is. I, I don't mind it. Um, you know, and, I, and I'm all for trying to sort of raise the profile of celiac disease as well. Cause Does it affect your day-to-day life? Not really, no. Other than having no. to, obviously, have a gluten-free diet, yeah. then it, it's fine. But, you know, I am, I'm all for raising the profile of it because what if 100 people have it? And really? a lot of people don't know they've got it. And so they go to the doctors and ask them to do the test and, and find out. So if you feel a little bit, if you are eating certain foods and you feel a little bit, ooh, afterwards, and you know you are having to essentially go to the toilet or you feel a bit sick or anything like that, you know, just, I'd say maybe, um, I won't say exclude it from your diet ex- exclusively. Yeah, jot it down. But I would, yeah, jot down what it is and what foods might be making you flare up. And if you do think it is something that, you know, might be to do with a condition, then ultimately go and speak to your doctor and ask them to, to have a look at it. Yeah. So obviously after that, you ended up getting, leaving Tesco, didn't you? And then finding your new job, which you've already spoke about uh, yeah. like previously on the podcast at Henshaw's. Yeah. So which is a charity for visually impaired yep that's exactly right yeah we are a sightless charity it's one of manchester's oldest charities as well yeah um 1837 they were formed and it's located 
near Old Trafford Cricket Ground. Yeah, literally next door. That's our head office is next door. But the um, the actual Henshaw's area, we've had, as far as I'm aware, they've had various different bases around there in the yeah. past. Um, but yeah, based in Old Trafford. So my job, I am what's called the enablement officer. So I enable people with sight loss to basically live, you know, and enjoyable and fulfilling lives and yep. not let their sight loss hold them back, as it hasn't for me. Yep. Um, and I think that's something that, you know, when I joined there and I had my interviews, I had two interviews for it, it properly put me through the mill to make sure that I was the right person for the job. Um, but within my interviews, I sort of said, I said, look, you know, if I can show what I've done in my life, to people and what I've achieved despite my sight loss, then yeah. that's going to be very fulfilling for me and definitely, um, you know, very humbling. And it's the biggest part of my job that I enjoy, you know, speaking to people and sort of telling that, you know, it, it will be okay. And that, yeah. you know, you, you don't have to sort of be a write off just cause you're losing your sight or just cause yeah. you've lost sight or, something else has happened that's that sort of come up with it. Would you say going all the roles that you've you've done before, would you say this is literally like your most fulfilling and your like I'd say your dream job now? Would you say that yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. Um, so you're basically living in this the your job that you really wanted. Yeah, like, this is this is something, you know, helping people is what I wanted to do with a job and I help yeah. people every single day with this. Yeah. Um and it's people that I obviously resonate with as well, yeah. which is the biggest thing. You know, it's one of them whatever happens in the future happens, you know, I'm not saying that I'm going to stay there forever because something else might come up that, that might present itself. You know, I've learned over the last couple of years that, you know, opportunities are few and far between that sometimes you have got to take them. So yeah. if something else does come up that I think, oh, that's, that's going to be really fulfilling, as fulfilling as this is, yeah. then you never know. But for the minute, yeah, I absolutely love it. It's, uh, it's something that I really, really enjoy doing. Uh, I just enjoy helping, helping people and, you know, going back to them in a few weeks, months, years' time, and they're being like, I'm really glad that you were able to help me that day. It's yeah. such a nice feeling. And yeah, I love it. It's just uh, it's just really, really yeah. nice. And then not long after you got the job, you you and Joe started, you, Joe, and a few others ended up making Happy Sundays. Yeah, so um, so that, so Happy Sundays was before then, actually. So oh. I, started, um, I started at Henshaw's in September of 2020, um, in the February of that, so I started right in the middle of COVID, which had its own difficulties yep. with that job, uh, having to do things remotely and whatnot. It's, it's you know really, really strange, but you know it was strange for a lot of people at the time. Um, yep. Very, very, very sort of weird. But yeah, in the February of that year, um, Joe, so Joe Farrer, not my brother Joe, um, he, he sent me a message and he was like, "Look, I really want to get back into playing football." He had a serious injury, as he as he details in his own podcast. Yep. Uh, he had a serious knee injury. Uh, he wanted to get back at to, he wanted to get back back feeling fit. He really enjoyed playing football. He was like, I want to do it again. Um, obviously, he knew that I had the experience with Man V Fat and yep. saw how they did things. And he said, you know, not to copy them. I didn't want to copy them, but, you know, I want to give people an opportunity to just come out and just not, not join a league or anything, just have a kickabout. Yeah. A general kickabout where you can come and... Be yourself. Be yourself, yeah, and not get shouted at for misplaced in the past or not have that competitive edge because you want to win because you want to get the three points or whatever for a league. Just just come and, you know, be yourself and play football and have a good, good time. So that's what we did. We, we, we yeah. set all that up and that, that, that's what we did. And um, we were able to, so I actually missed the first ever session. Um, they, yeah. they booked a small um, five-a-side pitch uh, at MEA 
Um, but the little the five aside pitches there. Um, we had, I believe, they had ten people turn up. Uh, yeah. They had ten people to turn up. Only six did. <laughs> so it was a bit of a. I think it just ended up being like a game of crossbar challenge or something like that in the end. But I, as I say, I, I missed it. Uh, but they did another one a couple of weeks later that I did go to. Um, obviously, I was there. Joe was there. Uh, Lee Miley was there. Uh, Bot was there. All these people who are very much involved in what we're doing now yeah. were, 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 were there at that first one. Andrew Ellis, I think, was there as well at the first one. Uh, at the, well, the second one, as I say. Yep. Um, and then we, we did that, and then COVID happened. COVID happened, yeah. Um, you know, so you so, kind of took a back seat. Yeah, we were obviously allowed to go out and, and play football. You were allowed an hour of exercise a day on your own. Um, and you weren't allowed to be near anybody. So we were a bit like, okay, we have to, we've all just begun. And we've we'll to put it on the back burner. Yeah, put it, part of the bus on it already, which is a bit disappointing, but the way it is what it is. Um, but then obviously, a couple of more months down the line, they said, oh, um, outdoor sports, team sports will be allowed. You can do it. So at that point, people were climbing the walls because they'd been indoors and not yeah. done any exercise for a long time. So when we put the message out there about doing it again, um, we had a lot more people interested and we were like, oh, we're going to have to get a half pitch here on MEA instead. People bit your hand off. Yeah, they did. Um, we're going to have to go to nine aside. So instead of having 10 people, we're now having 18. Um, and basically make it first come, first serve. And yeah, we, we, we did that. Um, so we, and then we progressed from having the, the, the half pitch to the full pitch. Yeah. So we're having 36 people a week. Um, and yeah, obviously it's been documented about our struggles with venues yep. um, to play. Thankfully, we've got a venue secure permanently now at St. Paul's. Paul's yeah. um, the time slot as well that we had, I mean, it's a testament to the guys who were turning up every week and the girls, to be fair, yep. having the 9 till 10 slot and the 8 till 9 slot at MEA because um, that's really late when you think about it. In the yep. middle of winter as well, like now when it's dark, yep. people still turn up at 9 o'clock at night to play football. You know, it's a testament to us. It's a testament to them turning up and making it what it was. But yeah, it's become this monster, hasn't it? Like yeah. three what three thousand participants this year. Three thousand participants this year. Uh, the mix, the mix sessions, they, they 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 were selling out every week, every other week. Yeah, we've started badminton. Badminton, yeah. We've fitness classes. Fitness classes that ended up going free, which we've yeah. we're looking for a new venue for currently. Yeah, but we the want walks to get it as back. well. The walks. You, you organised the walks. Snowden. Yeah. Yeah. We did Snowden, we did... And even the social side of it. Yeah, like the, the social side, the, the, the parties, parties yeah. the butcher have been selling out, like, well, not selling out, sorry. <laughs> they've been they've been stupidly going out yeah. straight away. But even, like, not, not, not just even with, like, just the butcher stuff, like, outside of Happy Sundays, people yeah. are meeting up, like, me and you meet up, we go to cinema, we go, we went playing crazy yeah. golf, and that's well, A group of, of people that go on their own or that's separate from Happy Sundays that yeah. go out and do like holiday stuff. Yeah, and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, even like, um, you know, like when people have people around at their house and that sort of yeah. thing, like I've never felt more involved. I've never felt more yeah. part of a group than I do now. That's and what I was going to ask you. What has Happy Sundays done for you? It's 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 helping me rebuild and it will, it will help me rebuild. It's helped a lot of people rebuild in terms of getting me confidence back and meeting new people and, you know, being part of a being part of a, a thing. Um, you know, it's not a team. You know, Joe Farrell always says it's not a team; it's an incentive. But it's we, not. I wouldn't say it's a team or an incentive. I say now it's more of a family. Exactly. There you go. That's you've, yeah. I was trying to think of how I could put that, and you've just yeah. It's a family. Um, you know, we we we've got each other's back. 
within it. You know, everybody's got each other's back. Um, you know, and we we just we meet up every week, and it's just great. We just have a laugh, and we you know we we yeah, there is a competitive side to it. Of course, there is when you play. Always is. That's just sport. that's just human nature. It's just human nature. But at the end of it, you know, we all come back together. We have a laugh. We all yeah. shake each other's hand and say good game, and we have a laugh and everything, and it's just great like that. And yeah, long may it continue, man. You know, I hope it continues way, way, way beyond 2023 and 24 and beyond. You know, long may this, this what we're doing here continue with more guests and, you know, more things that we're doing. Um, you know, I, I really enjoy it. And uh, yeah. yeah, you know, it's a, it's a re- great yeah, thing it, we've got here. It really is. Obviously, after Happy Sundays was made, you were going week in, week out to football. But then you skip a year on when it got to 2021, you started getting lower again in yourself due to the excess skin you had through losing all the weight you started to you were super unconfident again and what how did that how did that end up affecting you like yeah because obviously like the more football i was playing the more i was running around the more i could feel it yeah and every day when i was looking in the mirror i, I was feeling like i hadn't done it you know it was that mental block if you like so with my celiac disease every six months i have to speak to a dietitian. yeah just to sort of see how I'm getting on with things and making sure that, you know, my condition's not worsening with, within that, that, I'm, that I am sticking to the gluten-free diet. 2021, yeah, I had a um, I had a, a phone call, a phone appointment with a dietitian and she was saying, is there any, any other issues that you've got that you want to sort of discuss? And I said, well, actually, yeah, there is one. And I said, you know, you, you've got it documented on there that I've lost all this weight. Um, I want to... Um, I want to look into getting it removed, getting yeah. getting excess skin removed. Because when I look in the mirror, it, it hangs down. When I get into the press, when I'm in the you know the press up position, I can feel it hanging down. When I go swimming, I can feel it. It's just there, and I can grab it, and I can roll it, and I just, it just does my head in, and it, it makes me feel like I've not done it, and it really gets me down. So she said, "Well, you can have it done in the NHS because I asked about prior. I said, how would I go about getting it done privately? Who do I speak to? Yeah. And she said, well, you can get it done in the NHS. She said, it's, it's cut the procedure's called an abdominoplasty and you can have that done on the NHS. But, and I went, away oh, we go. <laughs> I said, but we would have to make a case for you. Yeah. I said, what do you mean by that? She said, we would have to, you would have to go and see a consultant, the plastic surgeon consultant at his clinic. He would have to have a look at it, take some pictures and then, take it to a panel and a panel will decide whether you can have it or not. Yeah. So I was like, okay. Uh, she said, I reckon as I'm not an expert, but the fact that you've lost what you've lost, which is a, you know, quite a big amount. Significant amount. You've not done it through gastric band surgery. You've done it on your own accord. And the fact that you kept it off for, yeah, it's now six years. Six years. Yeah. So it's a, if you can keep it off by the time you have your operation, you'll have a really good chance. I was like, okay, right. So that was 2021, April 2022. So I've already been waiting a while. April yeah. 22, I have a, a letter come through. Um, can you attend uh, Mr. Kwaja, who is a plastic surgeon, or whether it's your hospital, one of the surgeons, I should say. Can you attend his clinic yeah. and they'll do a check over you just to see what it's like and, and obviously take some pictures and draw diagrams and see what they do. So I went along. He had a look at it. He had a feel of it. He was grabbing it. And he was like, "Yep, yeah, we can definitely do something about that. You would, you would likely be a good candidate for it. Yeah, I'll take pictures. I'll write up a report. I'll send it off to the panel, and we'll, we'll hopefully, you know, you won't be on the waiting list too long, and we'll, we'll be in touch. So 
as I say, that was April 2022. So I, I forgot about it a little bit. I was still, obviously every day it was still sort of getting to me. Yeah. Um, but I knew that I'd have this thing. I knew that I would have to wait for a decision. And hopefully the, the decision would be a good one. Yep. So, yeah, I was uh, just sort of playing the waiting game, really. Uh, and then in June this year, June, June 2023, yeah. yeah, I got a random phone call. That, and they, um, they just said, oh, um, I'm calling you from the Burns and Plastics Unit at Finisher yeah. Hospital. Um, can you come in for a pre-op for your operation? Yeah, I remember you texting me about yeah, it. Yeah, you, um, you, the panel have uh, been in touch and said, yeah, you're a, you're a candidate for it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Jesus. Okay, yeah, right. Let, let's, uh, you know, this is something I definitely want. Let's let's go in and do it. Mm. So I had to um, go to Withershaw Hospital. Obviously, they, they take your height, your weight. Uh, they test you for MRSA, don't they? Do, you do your swabs and everything. Yeah. Uh, they take some blood to make sure that your blood pressure's okay. Uh, that was it. They said, right, you've had this done. Uh, we'll be in touch with a date. Uh, I was like, oh, wow, okay. Um, oh, they said to me, they said, it can be a case of we've got a date next week. Um, yeah. Can you come in? I was like, really? Like, yeah, so it's not a case of we give you a date in like three, four, five months time to prepare. We will literally, we literally have to act when the theatre's available and when the surgeon's available. I was like, oh, okay, right. If I remember correctly, it was September the initial, the first August. initial one? August. August, it was. August. 7th of August, the offered. 7th of August. Yeah. Yes, and but... they cancelled it, didn't they? No, I can't. I, well, no, I said that did that date didn't work for me because I was moving home at the time. Oh, that was it, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah, because yeah, I bought my own place and yeah. I, was, I was moving. I literally got the keys that week. Yeah, that um, was right, yeah. So I was like, well, I'm going to be moving home and it's a bit too much for me to do that. And, you know, this at the same time, it's going to be far too much. Um, so I said, look, if it's a case of, if I turn this down, it's going to be another two years waiting, I'll do it. I said, no, no, no. So when, when will when will be best for you? I said, well, hopefully I'll be settled in here by about October time. I said, right, I'll make a note of that and I'll put it down. This is the surgeon himself. Yeah. I'll put it in that, that you'll prefer to have around sort of September, October time, that would be better for you. I was like, yeah, winner, that'd be great. Um, so again, went away, forgot about it a little bit. And then they rang me and said, can you do the 31st of October? I just said, yes. I was like, I don't know whether I can or not. I'm just going to say yes, because I don't want to turn it down. I really want it. By this point, it was really getting to me then. Yeah, I know. Really, I remember really you getting, telling me about it. Really, really getting to me then. I was like, because I knew that I'd been offered it. Yeah. So it was a bit like, I had that in the back of my mind that, I've got this here and I could have had it dealt with by now and it's not and I've got it to be. So I was offered 31st of October and I just said yes. Spoke to work. I'd already spoken to work previously. I spoke to them way back in the April last year yeah. to say that I'd had this consultation at some point. I may be sent to have this operation. Can I have it done basically? Like, will you give me the time off? Um, and they said, well, look, you'll be given a sit note and the sit note, we can't do anything about that. So that's fine. Uh, but they were they, they were great with my work. They really like they bent over backwards to make sure that I was okay and that yeah you know that that, that I was sorted with everything. So I spoke with my, my manager. She was like, "Yep, don't you dare turn it down. You go ahead and you do that. You you're more than deserving of it. Yep. Um, you go away and do it." So yeah, thirty first of October this year, I was admitted into Withershaw Hospital. Yeah, and I had my abdominal plastic surgery, and. Uh, yeah, it's been... A success. It's been a massive success. I was only in theatre for an hour and a bit. They told me it might take up to four hours. I was in theatre for an hour and a bit. Um, I had what's called an apronectomy, where they just operate on the front of the stomach, yep. not going all the way around. If you got all the way around, that would have been a full abdominoplasty. 
But the apronectomy, or the fleur-de-lis, they call it, fleur-de-lis uh, abdominoplasty is the one that I had. Um, so I've got a nice big smiley face um, just under my, uh, where my belly button is. I've got a reconstructed belly button as well, which is ridiculous. It just looks mad. <laughs> um, like I've never had like a proper belly button. Like I never remember it and the fact that I've got it, yeah. it's all smooth and it, just it's just it's, it's honestly it's done so much for me it will do so much for me i'm forever in the, the nhs's debt i really am the fact that they allow me to have it done yeah and you know i really one thing that that did sort of in the back of my mind that i had was about whether i really deserved it i was really a bit like all the way up to it i was like i don't like i shouldn't i shouldn't have this i don't deserve it I don't deserve to have it done. Which all of us kept telling you you deserved it more yeah. than anybody because of what you've done for yourself. Yeah, and I had to, I had to sort of like go back and remind myself of what I'd done and the, oh, I hate this word, but I'm gonna have to say it, the journey <laughs> that I've been on. Um, it's, it's true though. It's it been is a, true. It is true. Yeah. Um, it's been a long one, but you've done it. Yeah, it has been a long one. It's yeah. officially completed now. You've had the surgery. No, it's, no, it's not. It no, is. No, 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 no. Because the, the way bit, I see the, it, listen, you... no, no, no. Listen, right. The minute I think I've done it. Yeah. And that it's finished is the minute I go back to my old ways. No, I don't think you'd ever do it. I, think, I don't think you would. No, but I have to, I will never, right. So the, the, the mindset, you've got to keep yourself in a mindset, I guess. The best, the best, um, the best analogy I've ever heard is that I'm not, I haven't beat fat, but I am beating it. And I'll have okay. to just stay beat. As long as I stay beating it. Yeah. That's it. That's the goal. That's, that's goal. the constant right, okay. goal. Other goals will come and go and the goalposts will keep shifting. But the constant goal is as long as I can beat, carry on beating fat, that's it. That's, that's, I'll be happy. And, and honestly, like I say, this has done so much for me. It will do so much for me. You know, when I look in the mirror now, I feel like I've done it. Like I've yeah. been through the mill and I've put the effort in, I've put the work in and that it, you know, it looks how I wanted it to look. It's beyond, I don't know what I expected when I had it done, but it's beyond what I expected you know, when I said to people, um, someone at work asked me about it, and I was honest with them, and I said, look, you know, on the day after um, my operation, the surgeon come and said, have you had a shower yet? I said, no, not, not yet. Um, I'm a bit scared about doing it, like how it'll be. I said, well, look, you'll be fine. I can tell you'll be absolutely fine. Um, I'll help you up, because you've not, you've not stood up yet. I'll help you up, and I'll help you walk to the shower room, and I'll leave you to it. So he, he did just that. He took me to the shower room, uh, shut the door behind me, locked it. And it was a good 10 minutes before I took my support off because I had to build up at my head seeing it for the first time. Yeah. And seeing how it looked. Yeah. And I thought, genuinely, I thought, if I don't accept how I look now, then it's too bloody late. Do you know what I mean? Yep. I thought, if I don't accept this as I am now, then it's too late, I've had it done. And I was, that's that, that, really, that really worried me that. I was like, oh God. <laughs> but... I thought, right, I'm going to have to do it at some point. So I got the support, ripped the Velcro off, and I, I undone it. And it was a very, like, I didn't cry. I didn't, I didn't get to that point, but I was a bit like, I was really taken aback by the emotion yeah. of, oh my God, this looks incredible, so much better than I ever yeah. thought it would look. And the surgery's done an amazing job, and I feel like I've done it. And yeah, so now I'm just in the recovery phase. I'm about nine weeks in. I'm going to be, it's going to fully recover. So the scar and that will have fully healed after about sort of four to five months, six months in. Yeah. But obviously I'm putting me, me 45 lotion on it every day. I'm without the support now. I don't have to wear the support anymore. So 
And yeah, yeah I, feel, I feel in good with it. You're allowed back to physical exercise. I am, yeah, I asked that. I went for my last checkup uh, on the 21st of December, day after my birthday. Yeah. And I asked them, there was the first question I had, I said, when can I go back playing football? They were like, no, if you want. I was like, oh, like really? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you've, um, your scar's healed. Like, it's just, it's just in terms of it blending in to this, because it looks very red and sore still. Just in terms of it blending in, it'll be fine. But everything you were doing pre, pre, pre-surgery, you can do again. You can go back to lifting weights and play your football. And Just that, try not so. to get in the way of a ball. Well, I'm going to wear the support when I play yeah. football. I think I need to for the first few weeks. But um, but yeah, I can't wait. Can't wait to be back. But yeah. it's, it's not long now. So what is it? A not, week long, away? not long at all, no. So so yeah, so that that's my journey up until now. Again, I've used that word again, but anyway, that, yeah. that's, that's where, that's, that's me. Yes, the one thing we didn't talk about is your you and Joe creating this podcast, and obviously it's your baby. Well, I did really. I said about like um, with you know with me being the radio, and I said that's what yeah. I want to do. So we, we we touched on it a little bit, but yeah, you know, I always say at the end of every episode, you know, if if you if you've got a story you want to tell that you want to help others with, or just want to sort of you know raise an issue or raise awareness of an issue, I should say, come on, you know, you Definitely. can do it, you can do it, and. Uh, We'll we'll have you on, and we can, uh, you know, you can you, you can give yourself a voice to the masses, as it were. So yeah, um, I feel like we should end this now. I feel, I feel like we've ended on a really nice note, though. We have, we have. Um, that is, you know, you've got a lot more out of me than I thought you'd get out of me. To be fair, no, yeah, we did. You've done um, well. Appreciate you telling your story. No, something I, that needed to be told. Yeah, I appreciate you asking me to do it because um, yeah. I don't think I'd have done it if I hadn't have been asked. And people kept telling me, oh, you should do, you should do it. But then the fact that you said to me, let's let's just get a day in and do it. Yeah. Is, well, uh, Joe's been telling you for a long time to get yours. He has, yeah, a lot of people have. And um, like I say, you know, hopefully people have enjoyed this. If you've stuck with the both episodes, which is nearly three hours, um, then fair play to you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but hopefully, um, hopefully it helps a lot of people there. Um, if you have got any further questions, anything you do want to ask me about it, then feel free to message me or you know, message the Happy Sundays page with a question and it will make its way to me and I'll uh, I'll do my best to answer it. 